This is Corolla Digital. This is Reasonable Doubt with your hosts, Mark Garrigus and Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a church make on a mandate. Get it on. And welcome to the best hour or so in the universe. It's reasonable that I'm Adam Corolla. It's Mark Hardout, Soft Taco Garagos, coming to us live from New York City. Mark, well, I had so- some. Well, I had some a uh, a bevy of soft soft tacos within the last forty eight hours. So you you nailed it. Give you know me your saying? give I'm- me your taco power rankings, Mark. Okay, I like the lamb number one. Oh, I like- so armo. Uh, here I am. I am. I'm, you know, you can take the boy out of Armenia, but not the Armenia out of the boy. Uh, the number two is a is a uh, is a real curveball. It's duck skin. Wow, skin taco. I mean, and then number three is tough. There's a Korean steak, mm. grandma's Korean steak, or something they call it. And then I really like the carnitas. Uh, mm-hmm. They do the in fact, the other day, Jake made me a bowl of this roast pork, and I'm telling you, uh, the dollop of uh, guac on it, it was about as good as it gets. All right. So now that we've gotten the compulsory taco rankings out of the yeah. way, you, you want to <laughs> Let me t- tell you, there are very interesting couple of things in the last 24 hours. We'll get to the cases du jour, but... For those of us in California, there's been two very interesting things in the medical and legal field. Today it was announced that John Eastman, who was a professor, I don't know that he still is here in California, who uh, spoke on January 6th and has been pilloried uh, for advising Trump on various theories in regards to January 6th. They just, this, the California State Bar just announced, I believe, 11 charges against Professor Eastman uh, for basically not upholding the Constitution. And that comes within 24 hours on the heels of the case that Drew and I talked about and then you and I talked about, which is, you may remember this AB, whatever it was, assembly bill that passed and the governor signed into law that prohibited doctors and penalized doctors for talking about COVID misinformation, which to my mind and your mind and Drew's, much to Drew, I, we had to peel him off the ceiling uh, was a uh, clearly, we were saying months ago, an unconstitutional infringement, number one, on your free speech, number two, on the ability to uh, to practice medicine, number three, an invasion, a wholesale invasion on the, attorney, on the patient-doctor privilege. That was enjoined, uh, I think, yesterday, uh, and Gary can give the names of the lawyers. I know that Miss Hamill was the local counsel, but I don't want to not give credit to the to the lead counsel. But a federal district court judge enjoined enforcement of that law. What does um, that mean? That means uh, you're not going to be able to enforce it. Now there, I'm sure it's going to go up. Uh, Gary, there you go. Well, the, you know, California has a lot of kind of legal weather balloons. That sound patently insane to me. And I'll I'll give you two examples. One is there's this example, which is we're going to get between you and your doctor and we're going to penalize the doctor for not 
giving you the correct information about COVID or whatever other, you know, and, and disease comes down the pike. Um, my question is, is who's the arbiter of that information in terms of what is correct and what is incorrect? Because you guys have been incorrect about everything. You incorrectly shut schools. You incorrectly touted the virtues of the vaccine. You incorrectly attacked certain alternative medicines. You never brought up diet and exercise. You incorrectly closed the beaches. You incorrectly hit your batting average on COVID, whether it was double masking or masking in between bites on an airplane or the, the effect, the effectiveness of a vaccine. You people have been wrong about everything. So of all people, you being the arbiter of what's accurate information about COVID between a patient and doctor sounds patently insane. But you do hear things like in California, like they go, well, you know, Gavin Newsom's toying with the idea of if you leave California for a state that has a better financial tax and what have have you climate, they're still toying with the idea of you paying taxes or reparations to the state. And I'm sitting around going, are they fucking nuts? What do they think they have? Like. I mean, I'm telling you, I think I mentioned this to you before. Uh, I've looked into this and they I believe the franchise tax board takes the position they can follow you around for 10 years. That's their and and basically you've got to pay. You pay first. You litigate later. I I have a better solution for Gavin Newsom in the state of California. How about you create a climate where people don't want to leave? (laughs) I've called me crazy. Well, that's I know that's off the joke. that's off the table, but California. I'm, I'm, staying, I'm staying and fighting, although I do toggle out of the <laughs> state with great frequency. But my plan is is to fight and to fight. Uh, Nobody. Insidiously, California says if you leave for Nevada, we can still charge you tax. You still have to pay taxes in California. We're going to float that weather balloon we'd like to get between you and your doctor so we can um okay conversations you're having about covid and if you're a minor and you would like to flee here uh without your parents permission we will give you gender reassignment surgery like we are fucking nuts in this state and i don't know that any of this is constitutional or legal or anything and yet we keep trying we 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 push we certainly push the envelope. I'll tell you, we certainly push the envelope. And um, well, we we could do a whole hour on this. So I, right. I want to move on if you're okay. I was going to move on. So the this. judge said the AB one hundred nine or whatever it was, and that may be a submarine from World War Two. But they the judge said you can't enforce this. And, and by the way, if you. I haven't read the transcript yet. I've read the reporting of what uh, kind of the questions and answers. And it sounds like this judge kept asking the, uh, I believe it was a deputy attorney general, you know, questions like, well, what is permissible? What isn't permissible? Where's that? And he couldn't answer the question. He's like, and the, 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 and it was, well, if you're the lawyer who's defending the law and you can't answer the questions, then how do you expect either the doctor or the patient to be able to d- divide where the magical line is, right? Absolutely. But 
to defend California, it's just more regulations, more rules, and more reasons for people not to hang their shingle here. What doctor in their right mind would want to come to a state with those rules? It's uh, it's beyond belief. And next week, I'll tell you my horror story about downtown L.A. I'm still in the middle of it. And uh, hopefully I'll resolve it. And then I can do, I'll I'll give you the height of regulators run amok in, in downtown L.A. The next case that is fascinating to me, just because there were um, opening statements yesterday and then the first um uh, witness took the stand, I believe, today, is this Murdoch case, which we've talked about before in South Carolina. Dick Harputlian is uh, trying it, and a, a, a attorney general named Wilson is trying it for the prosecution. He's charged with the murder of his wife, the murder of his son. Uh, today in court, um, where they had the first witnesses, they had the opening statements yesterday, there was much chatter amongst the uh, Twitter, the Twitterazzis about the, you know, who did the better opening statement, which, you know, I, I think it was a clear route by uh, the defense. I thought, I thought uh, Dick Carpootlian did a magnificent job. But interestingly, today they put on Gary, what was it? The 911 operator? Yeah, that's I correct. That. And I think it was, it was a 911 operator from a neighboring county. And uh, it came out that she testified that sometimes if your cell phone pings a tower that is not in the county that you're physically standing in, the call will get routed to that county's 911 operations center. Hmm. It's Yeah, where have we heard that before, Adam? I mean, I see, this is the prosecution's first witness. And by the way, I've been telling, you know, I, anybody who sat in a courtroom and watched a cross-examination of these uh, people in the cell phone towers will tell you this is not GPS. This whole idea that you can track somebody from where their the cell phone tower is pinging is at best a rudimentary guide. It isn't anything that you're going to be able to invest in in terms of the proximity to where they are, except, you know, arguably if you're 50 or 60 miles away. But I've had cases. Cases where guys have pinged from one coast to the other coast while just standing in the same place. Really? Yeah. It's, it, a, yeah. it's, it's what what has the kind of the urban legend that has uh, that has grown up around this is so frustrating to me because people are assume, oh, well, it was a cell phone tower and hit on this cell phone tower. They must be in the immediate vicinity of cell phone tower. No, it's a function of the traffic on the tower and how many people are around. And, we, and it can change in the span of seconds. Let me hit a quick spot here, Mark, and then we'll uh, get back to your tower testimony. The investing team at our partner Fundrise expects 2023 to be one of the best real estate investing environments of the last decade, with rising interest rates driving down the prices of even the best assets. No wonder demand for alternative assets like real estate is exploding, with McKinsey forecasting up to $1.3 trillion in alternative assets growth in just the next three years. Fundrise largest direct-to-investor alternative investment platform in the country, managing over $6 billion in assets, including real estate, all managed in-house. It is Fundrise. Right, Gary? That's right. More than 1.5 million Fundrise users are now in a position to take advantage of this unique investing environment. Are you? 
Visit fundrise.com slash doubt to join them in just minutes. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash D-O-U-B-T. This is a Fundrise advertisement and is not a compensated testimonial or endorsement. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. And there's a quick mea culpa because I thought we were doing the full length beyond a reasonable doubt or reasonable doubt. I didn't know this was a beyond a reasonable doubt. The this is a full reasonable doubt, but because uh, of time constraints and schedule shifts, Mark had proposed us doing a very shortened version of it. Oh, so that's okay. where the confusion that's arose, and that's my fault. Minutes. That is your fault. All right, sorry. <laughs> so, so going back to Murdoch. So interestingly, yesterday, kind of the what the prosecution revealed in their opening statement is that they now had a a tape of a call and that the tape of the call had the defendant, Alec Murdoch, down at a dog kennel. He was talking about the dog killing a either a hen or a rooster or a bird, a chicken. And so the argument was by the prosecutor, that shows he was down by the kennel. The cell phones locked of the two, his wife, and his son within five minutes of that. So therefore that disabused him of the alibi because he had said to the cops, he had never been down by the kennel. Mm-hmm. And that has morphed into that when the cell phones locked, that must be when the deaths happened. Um, fascinating to me because once again, just like the Idaho case that we talked about, once again, this is a changing timeline by the prosecution. In Idaho, they had a timeline and it, when it turned out that they had evidence that came out that uh, basically refuted the timeline, they moved the timeline, they changed it. We have a similar thing going on here. They had a timeline that had him uh, at one point. Now the timeline's got him at another. It's just going to be fascinating as the evidence comes in because the you know a lot of times people invest so much into what the prosecution is telling them that when they actually gets into a courtroom and you've got cross examination it's a there's a world of difference between what was represented to the public and to you and then what actually happens what do you make of the paul pelosi judge saying that he liked the camera footage from the officers uh released and let out to the public I, you know, the rumor has it, it's going to be tomorrow morning. And I will tell you that I've taken the position. I mean, I fought all the way to the Arizona Supreme Court on Shaver to get the body cam footage released there. And they wouldn't do it. And they said because it was a criminal case where the officer was being charged. They waited until he was acquitted, then released it. And that, that ended up costing them over eight million bucks um, uh, to settle that case afterwards because people were so inflamed. Here you've got the, the, the DA, the now, the now DA saying we don't want to release it you've got the defense saying we don't want it to come out because it'll prejudice the jury my uh, that's kind of a odd position for the defense and i will give you this coming attraction i wish i could tell you because i kind of hinted a couple of weeks ago uh as to what were on those tapes but i think tomorrow you you may you may get some you may be scratching your head is what I will say. I don't want to reveal too much before it comes out, but you may be scratching your head as to why uh, the defense was resisting this. It took 
I believe the New York Times uh, to sue uh, the uh, DA's office and the uh, SFBD to release the tape. And my big complaint has been, first of all, and I argued this in Arizona, the body cams are paid for with taxpayer money. If your courtroom is open to the public and you can't close your courtroom to a in a criminal case, why is it that you can say that the taxpayer funded body cam footage is not available to the public? I don't I I don't understand that. And if you're going to take that position, then why is it that in all kinds of places around the country where the body cam footage is helpful to the police? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why is it released then? When the when the accused or the deceased is a complete 14-carat asshole and you've got it on tape, you never see anybody hiding that or saying we're not going to release that footage. That footage is out before you can even, before the new cycle is even uh, ginned up. But when there is something that is going to cause public uproar, they fight tooth and nail before releasing that. And I think you're going to find that tomorrow. You're going to find that it benefits the defendant. It with, I think it benefits the defendant. I think you'll see that tomorrow. And I, I do not understand why the defense, you know, the PD can call me and explain it to me if they want, because I'm perfectly willing to change my mind. I just don't understand having not personally seen it, but maybe having, you know, hypothetically having it described to me. Uh, I don't understand why you wouldn't uh, have taken the position that you it's the public's right to know. I mean, there's been so much speculation. There's been so much that has been said um, out there about this gentleman's state of mind and everything else that it's perplexing to me. And I, like I said, I'm willing to be educated on this, but and I'm completely speculating. But it uh, it's uh, it's hard for me to to understand. And then speaking of other things, well, I want to put Gary on a quick uh, search on the internet. Um, I'm with you. I read the story and I read that his, the defense thought it would prejudice the, the jury and they didn't want it out. And I was sort of thinking about you and kind of going, I thought this tape might help your case if you're defending this man. So that was curious. And I'm glad we're both curious. But Gary, he they showed that he like broke into the back window or some version of that. But that doesn't seem to comport with whatever the conspiracy side of this is that he literally broke out a window and went in through the side is that is there speculation about him going in through a broken window or if we is that a settled science and if that is how do you get the conspiracy theory stuff when the guy physically broke in a house i get the part where Pelosi, Paul Pelosi answered the door and allegedly let the cops go past him or walked back into the house without letting the cops go past him like that part. But that doesn't really explain the it flies in the face of I broke the back window and crawled into the house, doesn't it? Well, it'll be interesting to see whether or not the 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 guy who's now accused of all of this, um, what his demeanor looks like. And what the interaction between the two of them looks like. And I, I think, you know, the cynic in me also says, 
does is this going to be somewhat embarrassing also to the police um, on top oh, of Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah, whenever I, they fight for it not to come out, there's usually something to it. Gary, did you find any info on that? There's a variety of theories, but no, I, I'm not seeing one that's exactly how you are you're saying it. It's a lot of it seems to be that there was a window broken and glass was found on the outside, so people think it was broken from the inside. Uh. But there's also speculation that a third party opened the door, or I mean, there's just there's kind of every theory you want is out there. But do we know how he got into the house? And well, then supposedly, what we do know is that there were cameras apparently that were being that were supposed to be monitored mm-hmm. but apparently they weren't being monitored in real time we know that the pelosi account is that he was a bed was a bed was awakened and the uh, intruder slash accused was in the bedroom and that he talked him into kind of, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, very skillfully kind of hostage negotiated his way into the bathroom, made the call to 911. And then uh, when the police arrived, went downstairs. That That's the official version. Well, I got I got a last and a quickie for you because we'll just wait till we see some of this vid that should be out tomorrow. Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, I was watching Tucker last night and he was doing a whole kind of timeline and a breakdown and Dr. Bodden, the uh, forensic pathologist. He was like, I did not sign off on this as a hanging this looks like a homicide to me. I've Baden is like I've worked in New York. I've uh, I've looked at eighteen hundred hanging. Um, I've I've studied the bodies of eighteen hundred people have hung. This is not that. This is different than that. This looks like crushed whatever with hands on. This is homicidey. Um, and then the D, I guess the DA or whomever from New York just said, and Bill Barr said, you know, hey, it's, it's, it, 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 we've reached a conclusion. It was suicide. And nobody reached that conclusion. They just turned the page. Bill Barr said the cameras didn't work within the, the cell block, but we did have a camera on the front of the block and nobody came in and nobody came out. Well, that may be true, but there's still a bunch of murders that are in the cell block that could have that moved around freely within the cell block. Doesn't mean one of them couldn't have killed Jeffrey Epstein. And they're just turning the page, just moving forward. Well, remember when this first happened, Bill Barr, who was then the attorney general, whose father apparently was the headmaster at the school where Epstein first taught All his right teacher you might remember that he was outraged at first i mean he made some public statements and fit to be tied they you might remember they also indicted two of the uh guards correctional guards and then they had their cases kind of disappeared if i'm not mistaken they were either dismissed or there was a some kind of diversion gary could probably i think they just yeah the point is is the cameras were out uh, the two guards were the case was dismissed. And even though Dr. Bodden, who has 65 years experience in this field, said this doesn't look like a suicide to me, they went suicide. No more questions. It was a deferred prosecution. 
It's all right. It's the third prosecutor. By the way, for those of you who practice criminal law, tell me how many times you've uh, you've gotten a deferred prosecution agreement. I can count them on two hands. Uh, they did not find the body hanging. The body had been moved uh, by the time the pathologists or the EMTs got there. There's a whole bunch of fishy well, I'll give shit. You another, I'll give you another one that is, I think is telltale. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, also. His defense lawyers had seen him within the previous, you know, a a pretty close period of time and said he was raring to go. Yes, he thought he had a case. He thought he was going to win it. They also said that he attempted suicide earlier uh, in the month. He said, I did not attempt suicide. I was beaten up by somebody who's running around. This Even, is believe it or not, I think he identified or he he said at least uh, who it was, and uh, I think reluctantly so because you know that's the 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 fastest way to get uh, executed when you're in custody. By the way, there is this uh, great clip of uh, Bill Gates. It's so great, like he's being interviewed on like the BBC and he's, they're like, you hung out with Epstein quite a bit. Uh, any lessons, any regrets, what have you learned? And he just went, well, he's dead now. So <laughs> it was like, well, yes, he way, is. My wife is, my wife is using my relationship with him as the, uh, as the uh, impetus for why she's divorcing me and taking uh, billions of dollars from me. I'm telling you, there's a lot more meat on that bone. All right. Mark is uh, named hard out for a reason. And uh, I've talked enough today as well. You can go to amcrawl.com. Live shows everywhere. West Palm Beach coming up February 16th and then Baltimore 17th, 18th and Raleigh and uh, Naples and uh, all over the place. Kansas City. Just go to Amcrola.com. What do you got, Mark? Well, if you're in New York City, drop by Grand Central, uh, stop by Prova or Dirty Taco. Ask for Jake if you're in Dirty Taco. If you're in Times Square, go by Love Pizza. And if you're looking for a uh, Valentine's Day gift, go to alexandani.com and uh, get something from uh, – Get something that's affordable yet she'll meaningful and something she'll cherish. Oh, we have this clip real quick. I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. What a way to go out. What did you do when you found out about his background? Well, and you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you for anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead, so uh, you know, <laughs> All general, right. you always have to be careful. Mark, uh, turns out he's dead. He's so. dead. He's <laughs> dead. My wife got a cash payout. What can I do? Yeah, if he was alive and testifying under oath, then there could have been <laughs> lessons learned. But turns out he's dead. He's dead. He said, We're, to quote Nancy Pelosi, it is what it is. That's right. That's right. Or Hillary Clinton. God, what was her Benghazi quote that was so great? We came, we saw, he died. Yes. <laughs> so until next time, Adam Corolla for Mark Hardout, Soft Taco Garriga saying, what difference does it make? Mahala. Thanks for listening to Reasonable Doubt. Tune in next Saturday for an all new episode.
This is Corolla Digital. All month long on Pluto TV, stream the biggest Tyler Perry movies free. Watch your favorites like Medea's Witness Protection and Medea's Big Happy Family. Join Tyler Perry as he goes on a couples retreat with Sharon Leal in Why Did I Get Married? Or Idris Elba and Gabrielle Union in the Tyler Perry directed film Daddy's Little Girls. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies and TV shows available on live and on demand. Download the free Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. In 1973, the New York City Police Department created a hostage negotiation team. It's not up against the gun. It's up against the man's mind. When you're defusing a human bomb, it's the same as when you're taking apart a real bomb. If you skip a step, it's going to blow up right in your face. Talk to Me tells the high-stakes true story of the world's first hostage negotiation team. It changed policing forever. Talk to me.